From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we talk about what to do in your marriage when one of you is not sexually satisfied. And as we start this show talking about sexual satisfaction, I want you to think about this quote that's attributed to Anonymous that says, it's hard to be satisfied with your life, and I would add, or your marriage, if you are never satisfied with yourself. When, when you read that, I, I mean, I was like, wow, that's profound. That's it is, because if you're not satisfied with you, how are you going to be satisfied in your marriage? Absolutely. And that's, I love it. that's what we're going to be digging into on today's show. But first we start with a hug and a hug for those of you that are brand new to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show is an opportunity for you to hear from folks just like you, folks who are seeing ups and downs in their marriage and who are doing more ups because of what they've, what they've picked up from the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. And this week's hug is sponsored by Casper. And Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And we love bounce. Absolutely. Casper offer also offers a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better sleep experience. And the really cool thing is that all Casper products are designed, developed, and assembled right here in the United States. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com one and using one at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Now this hug comes from an email that we received and it comes from a wife who says, Overall, we haven't had a bad marriage, but we've had our ups and downs. In May of last year, my husband started listening to your podcast, and in October, he told me about it on a trip to Chicago with four hours in the car while we listened together. It was honestly the best weekend we've had our entire marriage. Wow. Love we, that. My, exactly. Wow. Sweet. We both were so open about our thoughts and feelings. We discussed our past and where we wanted to be in the future. We started listening together as often as we could. In January, he asked me if I would be willing to do the seven days of sex challenge. I told him yes, but I was hesitant. I had been struggling with female issues since my youngest was born and I had just had a hysterectomy, so I was nervous. But I knew we needed to do this. So we timed it so we would finish on Valentine's Day. Since then, we've done it a couple more times, but this past weekend was amazing. I had my first O. Wow, right on. Exactly. I think it was because we've connected so well. So thank you. Thank you for everything you do for relationships. It means a lot to a lot of people. Okay, so what, what I love about this, husband has been listening since May of last year, is on board, he's doing his thing, brings it up to his wife in October, then in January, that's when the first seven days of sex challenge. So what I'm sharing here is there is a time and there's a process. Some of you will go faster. Some of you may go slower. You all are uniquely made. Mm -hmm. Your marriage is unique to who you two are. And yet here's sort of a timeline of a couple from 
May of last year, you know, it, it's a year in the making. And that's so amazing that she is excited to have her first orgasm. I mean, come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you guys. That's what I That's what I love. <laughs> well, it's amazing what connection does to a couple's sexual intimacy. And I think that's really, that's really a huge takeaway from me for mm -hmm. that. And, you know, as, as we're jumping into the show and talking about sexual satisfaction, you know, hundreds of you recently participated in the survey that we did around orgasms and the intimacy lifestyle. And first and foremost, we want to thank each and every one of you that participated. And if you want to see that, see one in the future, because we're going to do more, make sure to follow us on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, at one extraordinary marriage, uh, Facebook, follow us there at one extraordinary marriage, you know, jump on We're usually you're going to be sharing that stuff via social media. And we love your insights. This is completely anonymous, but the cool thing is coming from you guys. Absolutely. And, and that thank you is more than just, Hey, thanks for doing this. But it was, we appreciate so much that each one of you took the time to share what's been going on in your marriage, that, mm -hmm. that you're helping us to have a better understanding of the one family, not just for us here behind the microphones, but as we're able to take the results to the one family, you're creating this community, right? And you're allowing us and the community to have an impact because now we're not just sharing, Oh, well, somebody did a study. We're talking about, you know, real people. You, we're talking about you. Right. And there were, there were so many interesting results and we're definitely going to be sharing them over the course of the, you know, the next few months as we're going through all the data. But there was one, there was one number that jumped out, jumped out to our team as we were analyzing the data. And here in the one family, 45% of men are completely satisfied or extremely satisfied with their sexual arousal, right? While only 15% of women fall into the extremely satisfied category. And that was one where I think all of us, as we were looking at the numbers, like our eyes got huge. Like, oh my goodness, that's a really, really big difference. When, when you start going, oh my, hey, wh what's going on here, right? What's going on with the marriages and, and why aren't more women? Why aren't more of our wives satisfied with their level of sexual arousal? What's happening or not happening that is leaving women unsatisfied? And then, you know, whenever we do something here at One Extraordinary Marriage, it boils down to what can we do to change this number? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What can we bring to you guys as, as resources, as tools, as action items to say, we're, we're not satisfied with where those numbers are. How can we partner with you? Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know how many of you caught the show that we did a few weeks ago. It was entitled, does this outfit make me look fat? And we'll definitely put a link to it in the show. But one of the statistics that we shared in that show was that almost three quarters of women, 72% rate their beauty as average. while 59% of women strongly agree that physically attractive women are more valued by men. And as we start looking at, you know, these sexual, you know, the satisfaction around sexual arousal, it got me to thinking about that show because my first thought was, if you don't feel beautiful, but you think that beautiful women are more valued, that's going to have an impact in your bedroom. Well, sure. Right. Because, because you think, well, that's not me, but my husband, you know, if we lump all men together, my husband actually values that. Mm. And so there's a disconnect right? There's a disconnect between what, how women are seeing themselves and, and what they think 
their husbands are, are valuing. And this goes back to, you know, a lot of you have heard us reference the show, Beautiful Wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the impact, guys, of your words to create a shift in your marriage. And I think it goes both ways, too. Wives, the words you speak over your husband are also going to impact him as well. Right, because you can you can speak life into your marriage. You can speak to those things that may be a question, you know, a, a question of self worth or self esteem in your spouse, and you can actually, through the power of your words, give them life giving uh, a life giving environment where they step into that and they step into that place. And I will tell you guys, you know, Tony has been calling me his beautiful wife now for I think six years. I think so. It's been, a, it's been a while. It's for been a sure. while. And I, I'm about to have my 44th birthday. I don't mind telling anybody that. And I actually, like, I find myself walking by mirrors and I'm like, you know what? You look amazing. And she 44. just got a haircut too this week and she looks all sassy and cute. So it's one of those things. But, but where I was, like when I look back at pictures, you know, early in our marriage and stuff, I, I didn't have that same, that same self-value. I didn't have that same self-confidence. And, and that definitely, let me tell you, played out in the bedroom. I think that happened to me as well though. Cause I look back too and I'm like, man, there, there was definitely a stage where I think I started looking and feeling better. And I think it was through cycling. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I believe I, if I look back, I'd go like, man, there, there was a stage there for myself as well. Where you didn't feel I didn't, satisfied. I didn't feel satisfied with, you know, where I was from a physical appearance mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, not that I was, that I was overweight um, I just don't think I felt attractive mm. and it may have been from the clothing I was wearing. I think it was more the clothing, um, I, I, probably a combination of the clothing and just the, my physical, I wasn't working out. I didn't feel healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think all of that combined to be like, eh, you know, you remember the early days of our marriage? We used to get up at 4 a.m. to drive into Orange County and L.A. from Loma Linda. You know, this is Riverside County. So for those of you who don't live in San Diego, or not San Diego, but in Southern California, that drive alone would take me about two to two and a half hours, one way, to get to L.A. So it, it was a lot of time in the car. I was spending four to five hours a day in my car, plus an eight-hour workday, eating crumbing food. Um, Talk she, about arousal killers, man. It, yeah, well, we didn't have sex back then, so <laughs> right. And then that was, you know, the satisfaction back then would have been way low. And mm-hmm. and you know, so we're talking about one thing here, which is just you know your perception of your physical attractiveness and how does that translate into your satisfaction with sexual arousal, right? But the reality is, is that it's never just one thing. No, and that's why I wanted to say for me too, it was a health issue. I think the, mm-hmm. the food I was eating, the, the things I was consuming, high alcohol at the time, it, these things that I was consuming, it wasn't a physical thing, but it was like health-wise, I felt blah. I felt gross. I, it, and, and that's me. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying for myself. It, it was what I was consuming wasn't giving me any energy. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was empty calories and I felt blah from the driving, the people I was around. That's what I, I'm, I'm saying here. It wasn't a, I don't feel like it was a physical, maybe the clothing, but th- that's clothing. It's not like right. my physical body that I wasn't liking. It mm-hmm. was just the clothes I was wearing. I just felt like I had no style. Maybe but, some, my kids still tell me I don't have style, yeah, but they, I don't they tell us that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so now we've got, you know, we've got physical appearance, we've got physical health. Right. 
creating impact on our satisfaction with sexual arousal. And yet we know that those are not the only two, right? You start talking about what's the length of time that everyone's actually engaged in sex, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of you have probably heard the expression that say that men are like microwaves and women are like crockpots, right? They need time to heat up. Guys are like on a dime, man. You just boom, let's go. I, I can't tell you how many, you know, when I'm coaching couples, how many of the guys are like, if she says yes, I'm ready. And, and the wives are like, if he says yes, I need 20 minutes. And I think here's what I've learned over the years. Guys, we're ready. I get it. I'm ready. Especially with my four transform. Transform life. Yeah. Four transform life. I'll have to put the link to that. The again. testosterone. No, it's not testosterone. It's the supplement. The supplement. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'll put that, that's helped me out a ton. Um, we did a show on that, the anatomy of an erection. You can listen to that one more on that. Um, but what I've learned over time is that even though I'm aroused and ready to go, I have learned that it is way more important for me to allow Elisa to get to the point where she is aroused and ready, even if she orgasms or not. Like not every single time we have sex, she has an orgasm. Let me just be clear here. And yet I want to make sure that there is an arousal level for her Mm -hmm. that allows her to go, okay, I'm excited and I'm ready so that she'll be satisfied. Can I just make a quick note here? Yes. We are okay in our marriage and we've had the conversation that I don't necessarily need to orgasm every single time we have sex. It is not a scorecard on our sexual intimacy or our sexual satisfaction. There are many times that I am very, very satisfied without having an orgasm. I just want to put that out there because I know some people use orgasm as a barometer Barometer. of Mm -hmm. how great the sex was. Okay. So the supplement I'm taking is called for life transform man. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it's awesome. There you go. Uh, But as we're talking about length of time, you know, it's true that there's often one spouse stereotypically it's been the woman, but it's not always the woman. So let me just put that out there who needs a little bit of time to get into that state of saying, you know what, let me put down my to-do list. Let me get everyone into their beds. And I've had to tell Elisa and sorry to interrupt you there, but I've had to tell Elisa, like, honestly enough, like put it all away. It, it, I I can see that the, the, the little motor is running in her brain and like, you know, fumes are like coming out of her ears. And it's just like, Elise, we are here together right now. We have decided that we are going to make love. I need you to put that aside. I'm not saying you can't come back to it. I'm just saying right now, I'm really wanting to satisfy you, but I need you to put that aside right now. So I can do that. And he's having that conversation when he's laying next to me naked in bed right? Like we're already there and the wheels are still turning. And, and that's why, you know, we kind of talk about this length of time, right? Because if you want to just jump in, you're like, I want to have sex and and you're getting ready to have sex. Then she hasn't gotten to the point where like Tony said, you know, he does for me, there's a place of arousal. There's a place of satisfaction. She's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess we're having sex. There's nothing in it for me. Mm -hmm. And, and guys, little secret, you don't want her to be finishing a sexual encounter with you going, there was nothing in that for me that, that, that definitely does not lead to satisfaction on any measure, right? The sexual intimacy in your marriage, that's an opportunity for both of you to grow, to connect, to, to become one, to, to be in this place of, of enjoyment and exploration and satisfaction together. Would you say that can happen with a quickie? 
Yes, but the quickie shouldn't be the only tool in your toolbox. Well right. said. No, no, I, I, I believe that as well. I think many of us will put a time limit on it, even though the arousal part for the majority of us, we will spend more time together mm-hmm. in our sexual lovemaking. When it comes to a quickie, we both know there is a way for us to arouse each other in those moments. Absolutely. And it's something that I don't know if it's, we've, we've necessarily discussed that, but I think it's something that we have innately learned over years and years of talking about our sexual intimacy. Well, and I think a big component of that is that the more time that a couple spends learning what works and, and learning how to satisfy mm-hmm. one another yes. allows the quickie to not be the default. So when you have those shorter windows of time, there's still excitement and anticipation wrapped up around that as opposed to the scenario where all you ever do is a quickie, mm-hmm. in which case it just feels very unsatisfying because you're just like, well, this is, this is going to be done in two minutes, right? So, so we talked about you know the, the length of time. There are two other areas that I want to make sure that we address because I do believe that they are strong components in this difference in satisfaction. And one is difference in desire. Right. A a lot of folks, you know, we, we put ourselves into this, I'm high desire, I'm low desire. And so we take on whatever we think, especially in the low desire, we take on whatever we think that means, right? Like I'm not interested in sex. I can't be satisfied with sex. I'll never have an orgasm. I I don't want to have sex, like whatever it is. And when we take on that, that personality, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, then all of a sudden, well, I think it's a label that we put upon ourselves and that label then defines how we're supposed to act or react in the bedroom. That's good. Because if I only look at myself as a low desire spouse, then I'm speaking that into myself and into who I am. And so then I bring that into my bedroom and I have to act out the way that I think that a low desire spouse should act. Mm. Vice versa, if I'm a high desire spouse, I would do the same thing. And then that's where we have butting of heads. Right. And the truth is, is that it's okay that the two of you have different desire levels, right? Tony and I do. That's why you start the intimacy lifestyle and you, you figure out what it is for you guys each week and you make that happen Absolutely. each and every week. It doesn't matter if you're a low desire or high desire. We know two days, two times a week, Elisa and I are going to have sex. And I will tell you as the low desire spouse, I am very, very satisfied with my level of sexual arousal in our marriage. Very. Mm-hmm. Like it's a five. Five out of five. Right. I'm getting sexually aroused right now. <laughs> Which is what everybody wanted to know. Yep. But you've shared on the show that this form of emotional intimacy does does it's, it's the communication it's the connection mm-hmm. and that may be something the two of you need to bring into your marriage and the last one that i just want to share with all of you is that some of this gets wrapped around the fact that we live in a society that is not comfortable talking about sexual intimacy i mean for some of you the 20 minutes that we've spent talking about all of this you're like oh i'm so uncomfortable right now right like it, we live in a society that says it's not okay to it's not okay to talk about sex and or you know the whole idea of, you know, good girls don't do crazy stuff in the bedroom or, or we don't talk about sex or we don't initiate sex or we don't even have fun having sex. Oh gosh. Mm. Did I just go there? Yeah. So when you're carrying all of those messages that maybe you were raised with, or maybe, you know, you heard from different places and then you get into your married bedroom and you're like, I'm not supposed to be enjoying this because everybody told me I'm not supposed to be enjoying this. Your level of sexual satisfaction is going to be in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And we've said this many a times, and I'm going to share it right now for 
those of you who are new to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, what you do in your bedroom between you, your spouse, and God, that's between you guys. Just like what Elisa and I do in our bedroom, that's between her, myself, and God. And we've gone down that road, and we have been able to express ourselves in a way that I never believed we could do, honestly. And that sexual satisfaction that we both have almost on every single encounter is truly amazing from a couple who barely was having sex one time a month. So believe me, miracles can happen. Sometimes they just don't happen as quickly or the way we think they're going to happen. I never believed I was going to have this kind of marriage. I never did until we started working on it, until we started going after it, until we started looking at our sexual intimacy and the other intimacies. And now I can probably say I have the marriage I always desired. Mm. Gotta tell you, that's one of the sexiest things to hear. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. And, and you know, we want to share with each one of you how how you can tackle this area of your marriage. And before we do that, we just want to thank Casper, this week's mm-hmm. sponsor, and remind you that one of the ways to get an increase in your level of satisfaction may just be to get a new bed. Yeah, we've done that before. Oh, yeah, because let's face it, if the mattress that you're on is not so comfortable, your level of satisfaction goes down. So make sure that you check them out and get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash one and using one at checkout. And just remember, terms and conditions apply. So this area, sexual satisfaction, it's going to be one of those areas that's not going to be a one and done conversation. Nope, not at all. It's going to be a number of conversations Over the lifetime of your marriage, let me just give you a scope of this, right? Because in different seasons, different physical situations, you know, the the hug that we read, the gal had recently had a hysterectomy. Yeah. And, And can I just real quick, just going back to that for a second, she had a hysterectomy. They did the seven days of sex challenge and she experienced her first orgasm. Just, just wrap your head around that for a second. Can you explain what a hysterectomy is for those who don't know what it is? So just so we're all on the same level playing field here. Short and sweet hysterectomy is when the doctors go in and they remove all of the female reproductive parts. Short and sweet. And for a lot of women, just as an aside, it does put them in um, full-blown menopause. So it can like one day you've got a libido, the next day you have no female reproductive parts and you're in menopause. So Big swing big swing. And yet, and I don't know that that happened in her case. She didn't elaborate on that, but she did have an orgasm after that. So keep working on it, you guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and being in this place about talking about sexual satisfaction, you need to create the opportunity to talk about this outside of your bedroom. We will keep, as long as we keep doing the one extraordinary marriage show, we are going to tell you guys, do not talk about sex in your bedroom especially if you're talking about challenges. Now, if you're talking about all the good stuff, by all means, talk about that in your bedroom. But if you're talking about areas that may be a little sensitive, that may be emotionally charged, get outside your bedroom, right? Give yourself the space to not have that, that emotional energy on your bed. And, and it may even start with just questions about like, how did you learn about the birds and the bees? Simple. Uh, it, that's a great, I think that is one of the best conversation starters when we're talking about our sexual intimacy. And this is why, because we all think that, we all have it together or we learned it, you know, perfectly. And more times than not, it is so funny when we talk to couples um, that, 
you know, you're going, well, how'd you learn about it? Well, I learned it from this person or, you know, my mom and dad were so awkward or, you know, they, they, they barely brought something up and then they moved on. Mm -hmm. Um, we recently did a show for those, for parents to start talking about this with your kids. But I, I think this question is a big one and it really begins to allow your spouse to have that light bulb moment of like, oh, okay, well, I was taught that, but you weren't taught that or I wasn't taught that either. Now we can start connecting the dots and going, uh, maybe we need to start talking about this more. Absolutely. And this is just one of the questions that we included on 19 questions to amazing sex with your spouse. And if you're interested in picking that up, just go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash 19 questions. The other thing the two of you need to discuss are the differences in your level of desire. Maybe you've kept all this information in your head. You're like, Oh, well, you know, he's high desire and she's low desire or vice versa. But Let's have the conversation around it as an opportunity for growth, not as an opportunity to point fingers or to place blame or, or to assign, you know, a label to somebody, but to say, how can we both meet each other's needs, right? How can we grow together? Mm -hmm. Do we need to implement the intimacy lifestyle? Maybe just having a schedule and understanding what that frequency looks like for both of us. So we know will actually bring a higher level. I can't tell you how many low desire spouses when they start getting on the intimacy lifestyle are like, oh, it's just made my life easier, right? Like we just know, we know what our, our, our sequence is. We know what our patterns are now. Yeah. It's helped. It's helped us a ton in our sexual intimacy for sure. Now, if, if time is what's playing into the satisfaction around, uh, you know, the sexual arousal, then you have to give yourselves more time right? You have to be strategic about it. Don't, don't put off having sex till the morning. If the kids are going to wake up before you do, right? There's nothing that kind of kills the mood. Like mommy, daddy, that's a total, total buzzkill right there. Right. Intimacy killer 101, right? You've got to be strategic about that. You, you've got to be strategic about like me having to mentally set aside the to-do list. Mm-hmm. And saying, yep. you know what, this 20 minutes I'm giving to my spouse, this 30 minutes I'm giving to them. And and you've got to create margin in your lives, guys. If, if sex is something that you're squeezing in, in the, you know, seven and a half minutes between when you hit the bed and when you fall asleep, it's going to be hard to feel satisfied. It, it's going to, it's heck, it's hard to even get aroused, let alone be satisfied if you're exhausted all the time. So when can you find those other opportunities to say, I'm going to make you the focus of the next half hour of my life. And let me tell you, you want a little aphrodisiac? Say to your spouse, I'm going to make you the focus of the next half hour of my life. Watch what happens. Everybody's arousal is going to start to change simply by just making that statement. Mm -hmm. And it's not just making that statement. The last thing that you need to do is that you need to encourage the expression of what you like and what you want to try in your marriage. You need to encourage your spouse to share this information with you, right? We have the most incredible opportunity to grow into this place where two individuals become one united front, right? One united team. The way that happens though, is that we actually have to communicate what we like and what we might want to try with the person that we're sleeping with. Right. We have to tell them, you know what? That feels good. I'd like more of that. Knowing what you do enjoy is helpful. This was one of the areas that Elisa and I had to definitely learn is that we had to open our mouth and understand what pleasures, what likes, 
we wanted and enjoyed when it was happening. And this goes both ways. Guys, if she's doing something that feels good to you, let her know. Yes. Moans, groans. Yes, baby. I love that there. Whatever works for you. You know your spouse. So having that communication is a a feedback loop. Yes. And it's okay to have a feedback, a positive feedback loop in your bedroom, right? Because whether it's, it's change of scenery, like, you know, just like instead of having your head next to the headboard, you put your head at the other end of the bed and it's like a whole different bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're trying different positions, right? Maybe you're like, we just to bring some satisfaction. I just want to try different positions, right? Whatever it is, it comes out of that feedback loop, that communication that the two of you have. And the thing is, is that you don't just want to have it be like, well, we talked about it and now I don't ever need to talk about it again. You know, that that's not the way any of the intimacies work in marriage. And to create, to create a place where the two of you are growing in your satisfaction around this area of sexual arousal, You've got to keep giving each other feedback so that you know what works and you know what works and you build on that forever and ever. Yeah, you really do. It's a long, it's a long journey, I want to say, not to get there, but it's willing to stick on that journey together so that you can have the sexual intimacy you desire. That's what it is. So go out there this week. The, the key is let's get out there as the one family and increase our sexual satisfaction. That is what we want you guys to do. That's what we're still striving for. We still want to increase our sexual satisfaction in little ways and big ways. The key is, is that this week we take action towards that so we can begin that journey together of having it. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week and we can't wait to catch you next week. Love you guys.